the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya. Please hit subscribe. We'd love to have you with us all the time, every day that we do a podcast. We try to make these as interesting as we can for you. And today, you know, I'm a big free speech advocate. So this is really an interesting little topic because this has to do with Stanford and Cal. Now, if you're a West Coaster, you know that these two schools hate each other. I applied to both, got into both, and chose Cal over Stanford. Later, I had some regrets about that after I got out of school. I thought, you know, Stanford might have been the wiser choice, but my parents went to Cal, my sister went to Cal, and I was at that famous game with the trombone on the field where Cal beat Stanford and John Elway. And that was the weekend I made my decisions to choose Cal over Stanford. So coincidence? I think not. But since then, I've sent my diploma back to Cal. My husband says I can't really say I graduated from Cal anymore. So I say I attended Cal. I no longer have the diploma because I sent it back because I saw a lot of anti-free speech stuff going on on campus. Antifa showing up, you know, breaking stuff, ruining things, preventing speakers from speaking on a campus where free speech was part of a movement in the 60s in Berkeley. So I, I had had enough and I sent it back with a letter and I heard from Cal and they said, boy, this really must've been tough for you. And I said, nah, it really wasn't that tough. I'm really upset at the university. Well, now Stanford looks like a place that is very similar to its rival across the San Francisco Bay. Stanford and Palo Alto <laughs> recently, and very, I mean, it's gone viral, right? This judge that they invited to speak. The law school students shut him down, yelled over him. He was lectured by a diversity, equity, and inclusion dean. The fact that those deans even exist is frustrating to me because I think their agenda is so misinformed and the intentions, uh, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Stanford is kind of on that road to hell. And it's, it's, we're seeing it in a couple of ways. And I'm going to get into that. If you have a student considering Stanford, um, this stuff should interest you. Now, this is not to paint all students at Stanford with a broad brush, but there's a trend going on here in law schools. Uh, it's a little scary to me. I mean, we're going to detail it for you. And if you haven't heard all the ruckus, you're going to hear it next. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. So 
So a while back, there were some Yale Law School students who made quite a ruckus. And some judges around the country said, you know, do we really want to hire lawyers that are produced at Yale, a school where freedom of speech is not necessarily a given in that law school? Well, we're seeing a really similar thing happen at Stanford. This, just before I sat down to do this podcast, this crossed. Conservative judges who endorsed Yale law boycott react to Stanford controversy. Disruptive students should be named and shamed so that people maybe know this about them when they come in and apply for that job in a law firm. So what happened? A Fifth Circuit Court judge was invited to speak at Stanford Law. His name is Judge Kyle Duncan, a U.S. Circuit Court, Fifth Circuit Court judge. Trump appointed, oh no, because he was appointed by Trump, that makes him racist, homophobic, xenophobic, everything. Ah, he's evil. I mean, forget everything that this man invested his life in, right? Forget that he went to law school. Forget that he went to every level of schooling he had to to go through in order to get to law school, forget that he passed the bar, became a lawyer, and then was appointed a judge. No, because he was appointed by Trump, everyone's triggered. So he was asked to come speak at Stanford Law in a small classroom setting. And what we're going to play for you first is cut one. I'm talking to John Berg, my producer. Cut one, where you get a sense of the chaos that overtook his whole entire time there trying to speak to law students. Let's, let's take a listen. You are supposed to be in a law school where no, you're not listening to other points of view. We don't Instead, you want to be in an echo chamber where you only hear Okay, we can we can get rid of this. I, it, that gives you an idea of what this judge was up against in this room. Now, freedom of speech goes two ways, folks. He's a speaker invited. He's trying to talk. The kids, the kids, the law students have every opportunity to ask questions, but instead they just screamed over him and called him names. In, in fact, at one point, a young lady said, your racism showing. That's a, a, a one that they've been throwing around lately to make you feel shame and shut you down and shut you up. Your racism is showing. Really? Okay. So this happened and, um, you know, it just, it kind of devolved from there. Cut number two is um, the speaker, in this case, as I mentioned, the judge, Kyle Duncan, asking the protesters uh, some questions. Let's go ahead and roll cut two. When is the last time a member of the Federal Society showed up one of your speeches and heckled your speaker? When? Anybody? We're not a to there, right? All right, everybody, everybody. When is the last time the Federal Society showed up at one of your speeches? Okay, let's just let him finish his rant in complete silence so he can get that out and you can go into the newspaper or whatever. Just point in silence until the Q&A. All right. 
Did that happen? I don't know, because eventually the Dean of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Stanford Law stepped in. Her name is Tyrion Steinbach. Let's hear what she had to say. Cut number three. And I have to write something down because I'm so uncomfortable up here. Um, and I don't say that for sympathy. I just say I'm deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable because this event is tearing at the fabric of this community that I care about and I'm here to support. Okay, she's very uncomfortable because an event is tearing at the fabric of the community and she's very uncomfortable, so she had to write it down. Sounds pre-planned to me. And that word uncomfortable, my gosh, are we really so afraid of being uncomfortable? Really? College, law school, med school, these are places where you should be uncomfortable because you're learning. But in, in her world, uncomfortable means I don't feel safe. These words, they might hurt me. As Chris Rock recently said in his special, if you think words hurt, you haven't been punched in the face yet. If you're allowing words to hurt you, that is on you. You are choosing to allow words to hurt you or make you uncomfortable. Anyway, this Dean, Tyrion Steinbach, uh, went on, and let's hear her next bit. I'm also uncomfortable because it is my job to say you are invited into this space. You are absolutely welcome in this space, in this space that people learn and, again, live. I really do wholeheartedly welcome you because me and many people in this administration do absolutely believe in free speech. Really? Absolutely? So you had to get up there and say, you know, we welcome you. You're welcome here into this space Um, because we believe in free speech. But then she goes on to tell you why she's continues to be uncomfortable. Let's go ahead and play cut five. Why she's, Still so I'm also uncomfortable because many of the people in the room here I've come to care for. Um, and at, in my role at this university, my job is to create a space of belonging for all people in this institution. And that is hard and messy and not easy. And the answers are not black or white or right or wrong. This is actually part of the creation of belonging. All right. I mean, she actually sounds a little bit sane there, except that she needs to make it a good space for everyone. I mean, that's that's a great idea. And and that's nice to look toward. She didn't make it she didn't make it comfortable for the judge, for their guest. I'll tell you that much. It didn't feel like a safe space for him. Uh, now the protesters ask the judge s- some additional questions. Let- let's play cut six here. Give me a break. I don't care whether she's a woman or not. She's holding a stupid <laughs> sign up in that face. Why is that possible? This is actually a <laughs> 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 Yeah, I'm I mean, this is a judge. This is a judge. And they sound like a bunch of 
adolescents, high schoolers who are like cheering because, oh, if we can score points up against this guy, we're so cool. Why even go bother to listen to him if you don't care what he has to say? If you're not there to learn from him, why bother? Your goal was to go there and make trouble and go viral, period, the end. That was your goal and I guess mission accomplished, but you look like idiots. So now the protesters in cut seven um, tell him he doesn't respect them. You don't respect us, bro. Why would you? That's a good question. Because you should treat people the way that you want to. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. That one really caught me off guard because I hadn't heard that clip before. The laughter, the maniacal hyena-like laughter in that room. They're clearly, they're just trying to degrade this man. It's, it's, it sickens me. Now he's a, he can handle it. I'm not worried about him handling it. What I'm worried about is the future of the country and the lawyers being produced at an elite law school. Holy cow. I mean, you got to ask yourself, would you want one of these people representing you? Well, they, they, I, you know, I, I'm at a loss for words. Um, now the judge, Kyle Duncan, once again, finishes off our sound here by saying that he knows their whole purpose in this exercise is to do nothing but intimidate him. Take a listen. Isn't that the point of this? I think that is the point of this. I think the point of this is to intimidate other people. Oh, yeah. I think that's one important point of it. Why would a student who may agree with you on the action, maybe doesn't agree with you? But why would a student want to show up at an event like this with this kind of atmosphere, right? So the idea is to intimidate or even to silence. Is it to erase their existence? Maybe so. So what? how does it feel? You complain about people like me, or judges like me, or lawyers like me, or whatever. You complain about them denying your rights and erasing your existence and whatever other buzzword you want. And then you turn right around and do the same thing to somebody else. Do the same thing. You do it to somebody else. What is your hypocrite? Hypocrite. That's what you are. You're a bunch of hypocrites. You're not interested in actually having a civil discussion with anybody. You just want to shut them down. Well, amen and hallelujah to that. And and you could hear him there. I mean, at least they heard him, right? It, it To a certain extent, he got that message across right there. It, he, he's dead on. The whole point of having him there was to demean him, to interrupt him, to have your DEI person show up and humiliate this man and silence him. That's it. Well, there's been a lot of fallout and we're going to get into it. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact.
I don't like looking tired. Who does? Well, let me tell you about my skincare secrets. I'm excited to share these with you because Genucel is a game changer. Genucel Skincare is an amazing antioxidant-based skincare company that's made and manufactured right here in the USA. Formulated by a pharmacist with quality ingredients, their products are sure to smooth out fine lines and wrinkles while preventing new ones from forming. Now, my personal favorite is this deep sea cleanser. It is soap free. That means when you cleanse your skin with this stuff, you come out feeling fresh. Your pores are open. You're ready to go and you're ready to absorb whatever you put on next. Right now, save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package just in time for the warm spring weather. Featuring Genucel's Ultra Retinol that contains a powerful retinol alternative safe on your skin in the summer sun and Genucel's Dark Spot Corrector to reduce the appearance of dark marks and sunspots from those long summer days outside. Plus, you'll still get Genucel's classic under-eye bags therapy for those annoying under-eye bags and puffiness. And with its immediate effects, you're going to see results in as little as 12 hours guaranteed or your money back. You can't beat that. Don't wait. Visit Genucel.com slash Michelle with one L, M-I-C-H-E-L-E, to save over 70% of their off their most popular package plus every order subscription includes a luxury gift box with two free springtime essentials that's two free gifts plus free concierge shipping for a limited time go to genucel.com slash michelle genucel that's g-e-n-u-c-e-l dot com slash michelle so there's a really excellent Substack. I, 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 this Substack's kind of my place of choice to find good writing and good writers. And there is a, a, um, a column at Substack called Ringside at the Reckoning. Stanford's comically idiotic response to brown shirts running the show. So we just gave you the full scope of what happened at Stanford when this judge came to speak and the law school students heckled and giggled and laughed and did ridiculous things. And their Dean of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion joined in on the fun. She felt so very uncomfortable. So what did Stanford and Stanford Law do in response to all this? Well, let's take a look here. Um, Kyle Duncan was the U.S. Circuit Court Judge, Fifth Circuit Court we talked about, and the Associate Dean Tyrion Steinbach, um, who, who gave that six-minute lecture. We didn't play all of it for you, but it was six minutes on the real harm he was inflicting on students by, among other things, trying to talk to them. Yeah, he was harming them. Now, here I'm going to quote from this substack by William Otis. Although the dean of the law school and the president of the university have apologized to the judge, not a single person at Stanford has apologized to the Federalist Society, which invited him to speak or most importantly, to the students who came in good faith to the auditorium, but were unable to hear the speaker because of the continuous and sometimes vulgar shouting and heckling. So yeah, what about the apologies to them? They just wasted their time. They showed up. They wanted to listen. The judge wanted to speak. They didn't get the chance, but all we got was an apology letter. Now this judge has accepted the apology. Good for him. That's that's classy. Um, but another high-ranking member, again, I'm quoting from the Substack, another high-ranking member of the school's administration, acting dean of students, Gene Marino, has delivered a message to Stanford students. In total, it's this. We'll help you find a shrink so you can talk about your feelings. 
or you can talk to Dean Steinbach herself. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, so in other words, if you were offended or felt harmed or unsafe or uncomfortable by this episode, go talk to the dean. It'll all be okay. But they've also asked these students to shut up. They didn't. A bunch of them showed up in masks and hats or something and all black dress outside the the law, the offices of the dean of Stanford Law to say, you know, heckling is free speech too. Shouting people down is free speech too. Jonathan Turley is a professor at, uh, and he wrote this great piece. He said, in what may constitute the most tone deaf response to an academic scandal in history, Stanford University is advising conservative students involved with the recently canceled Federalist Society event that they can, quote, reach out to various resources, including DEI Dean Tyrion Steinbach, who helped shut down the event. Turley writes, it is akin to the Oscars telling Chris Rock that Will Smith is available as an emotional support coach. <laughs> so if you were a conservative student who showed up, didn't get to hear this guy speak at, a, at an event that you made time for and you're pissed off about it, as I would be, go talk to the dean. The one who felt so uncomfortable. I mean, what is she going to tell them? What is she possibly going to tell them? Hard to imagine. He goes on, Jonathan Turley, Federalist Society leaders received an email that went out to all students from acting dean of students, Jean Marino, to stress that traumatized students could seek, quote, safety and mental health support resources from various individuals, including that dean, Dean Steinbach. Okay. So, folks, you send your student off to school. You hope that they learn stuff that they can use in their lives. You hope that they can learn things that will make them productive, valuable members of society, at least valuable to themselves. How would you want them to approach this situation? You want them to go to a dean and say, I am so sad. I need a hug. I mean, to a certain extent, I'm exaggerating, but I'm really, <laughs> frankly, I'm really not. I mean, this episode is, this kind of episode has become so prevalent in high schools, colleges, law schools, where <laughs> these people, all they can do is say, your racism showing when they want to shut somebody down or just Get a whole gaggle of people who agree with you and go yell. What is, how is that preparing you for civil society? Or are you no longer interested in civil society? Is that the thing? Civil society bores you. Civil society is so bland. It's not exciting. You can't be an activist in civil society. I mean, what is it you want your kids to get out of college or law school? Now, if you want your child to go be an activist, if you want to go be an activist, more power to you. Do not complain when it doesn't pay well. Do not complain that you can't buy the house that you want. Do not complain when, you know, other people say, eh, that's good, good for you. I got to go. 
Because if activism is your life and that's all you do, and then something gets solved, like let's say gay marriage, we got that solved. Well, that's not enough because gay marriage was just the first step. Now we got to fight for transgender rights. So activists will continue to climb a ladder of problem harvesting. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. (laughs) And just continue to look for things to get pissed off about. We had a guest on last week who said, we haven't had an existential threat in this country for 25, 30 years. And maybe because of that, we're finding other stuff to fight and that's each other. We're, we're, we're pointing our ire at anything that offends us because life's so hard. Life is so freaking easy in America, not for everyone, but if you want it to be, it can be. If you want it to be, it can be. Couple, couple thoughts. Obey the law. Maybe at least get your high school diploma. Find a job. Earn some money. Save a little money. And do the right thing. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Now, if you want to protest something that's really worth protesting, and I would contend that a judge who's part of a circuit court, I mean, he's been appointed, folks. That's the way the law works. So what are you going to get out of this, really? What kind of result are you looking for when you go to heckle an appointed judge? What result are you looking for except to demean him, to shut down the event, etc.? I was scheduled to speak at the University of Minnesota this evening at a conservative group. And quite frankly, I was a little nervous because I thought, what's going to happen? You know, are are people going to come and try to shut this thing down? Well, because of a number of reasons, it got canceled at the last minute. And quite frankly, I'm relieved. And that that pisses me off because I would love to go spend an hour with some people who want to exchange ideas. That's what finding truth is about. Exchanging ideas, civil debate until we get to a place where we find some truth, where we can actually say, you know what? I didn't agree with you coming in, but maybe you've changed my mind. Or you know what? We're just going to have to agree to disagree and let's leave it at that. But no, this childlike toddler tantrum throwing, it's embarrassing, it's unproductive, it's counterproductive, and it's wasting a lot of people's time. And you know what? Every single one of those students, every one of them, 
no matter which side of that argument they were on, they lost an opportunity, a valuable opportunity to learn, to have civil discussion, and to come away with some answers. Maybe come away with a swayed opinion, but that's not what they were looking for. Not even close. And they didn't give that opportunity to anyone else. They were too selfish about their own activism, which out of this came nothing but embarrassment for Stanford. I promise you, this is embarrassing for Stanford. I'll end with this. Stanford, in California anyway, and I think worldwide and nationwide, was held up as an elite institution for higher learning. They've had another episode recently, an event where they had to get rid of an employee, and I'm going to tell you why. This employee has been arrested and charged because she allegedly lied about being raped twice on campus last year. She also pinned the crime on an innocent person. This is not a 50-year-old employee. This is not a 40-year-old employee. Her name is Jennifer Ann Grise. It might be Grise. It's G-R-I-E-S. 25 years old, facing two felony charges after she visited two separate hospitals last year to report phony attacks where she said she had been dragged into rooms and sexually assaulted. That's according to the Santa Santa Clara County District Attorney's Office. Quote, these false reports are damaging both for true survivors, amen, of sexual assault and for the members of our community who experience fear and alarm from the reports. That's from a statement um, from Stanford. The young woman allegedly first reported she was sexually assaulted in August to staff at Valley Medical Center in San Jose. She told a nurse that a man she described as a black male, slender, young, six feet, late 20s, grabbed her from a campus parking lot and dragged her into a restroom where he assaulted her. Again, that's according to the DA. Then she went to Stanford Hospital later in October for a second rape examination, this time claiming that she was returning to her office from a lunch break when she was grabbed by a man who took her into a basement closet and raped her. She also claimed that she'd become pregnant with twins after the incident. That's oddly specific, but suffered a miscarriage, something the DA's office said was not backed up by the evidence. The investigation revealed that she was not pregnant at the time. That's the DA's office saying that. However, the accusations began to unravel quickly when prosecutors saying the rape examination kits were immediately analyzed by authorities because of the extreme public safety risk of a potential sex offender prowling the school. But the lab results from the exam, quote, were not consistent with her story, officials said. This woman I, I don't even want to say her name anymore, A, because I feel like I'm mispronouncing it, and B, because, you know, she's clearly troubled. She signed a consent form after both alleged incidents that acknowledged the nurses who administered the exams were mandated to inform law enforcement. She also signed forms that allowed her to receive public funds from California Victims of Crimes Board, which can award victims up to $70,000. Prosecutors did not say how much the young woman was awarded. <laughs> Your tax dollars at work. 
Okay, so January, there's an interview interview uh, with the DA investigator. This woman admits to lying about the accusations, and she wrote an apology letter to the man she targeted with the false accusations. Quote, she stated she was upset with the victim. Now, in this case, the victim is the man she accused. Okay, she was upset with him because she felt he gave her false intention and turned her friends against her, prosecutors said. The university said that this woman has been placed on a leave of absence at that Stanford will be reviewing her employment, noting that in a statement that cases of false rape reports remain rare. Sexual assault and other sexual offenses regrettably continue to be both prevalent at Stanford and in our broader society, the university said. Our steadfast commitment to provide compassionate support for survivors of sexual assault and to prevent these acts from occurring in the first place remains unabated. That's fine. The district attorney, Jeff Rosen, also said that false rape accusations are a rare and deeply destructive crime while expressing sorrow that for not only those who were falsely accused, but also students who were left scared in the aftermath of the incidents and, quote, legitimate sexual assault victims who wonder if they will be believed. Hasn't been a good couple of weeks for Stanford. Let's put it that way. And I and I. I hope I don't come across as a Stanford basher. I'm not because I don't think they're alone. I think a lot of universities are suffering under the weight of DEI. I think that there are kind of troubled people at all universities. <laughs> Hell, there are troubled people everywhere in the world. But when someone twice accuses an innocent person of rape, points the finger at them, and then tries to collect some money for being a victim, the whole thing's very weird. And to say you're pregnant with twins... And then you had a miscarriage. I don't know. It's, 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 it's sad. But again, not a good week for Stanford and therefore not a good week for academia as a whole. What we're seeing on campuses and universities across this country is wildly disturbing. Uh, and it, it makes me think that maybe my kids should just go look for, you know, some internships right out of high school and work their way up the corporate ladder or whatever ladder they want to work. Yeesh. And people are paying for this. Again, not widespread, but the DEI stuff is widespread enough. It is. We're seeing it everywhere. And I think some of these law students, I hope, come to regret it. Thanks for listening to Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Don't forget, be brave and do good. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.